Come on, can you love on somebody, smile at somebody, hug somebody, wave at somebody as you grab a seat today? We're so glad you are at church. So glad you are here. Online church, we're so glad you are here. That you've tuned in today. Tuning in from all over the Maritimes, all over the country, all over the world. We're so thankful. If you have your Bible today, you turn to Galatians chapter 6. I'll give you a minute to get there, Galatians chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, we have free Bibles you can take home with you um, in the lobby. Thank you so much, Brian. Um, there's a free Bible. You can take that. We bought that with your money, uh, so they're free. And uh, would you just enjoy that? Um, the Word of God will change your life. Uh, Galatians chapter 6. Next Sunday, next Sunday is our fifth birthday as a church. Yeah. It's a big deal. And I, I had, this morning driving in, I had memories of our first Sunday. So nervous. So nervous. One of us, I'm not going to say which one of us, me and Nancy, one of us got so nervous we pulled over the side of the road and vomited. Um, and when Nancy got back in the car, I said, are you okay? And, uh, um, but uh, God has been so faithful to us as a church. And uh, we have so much to celebrate. So next Sunday, uh, we're going to celebrate. Just, we, we don't need a reason to celebrate. We always celebrate. But next Sunday, uh, it's going to be an amazing time. Uh, we have guest speakers. We have uh, great friends of ours. And first time speaking at Nova, Jeremy and Melissa Albrecht are going to be here. You're going to love them. Um, we're gonna, we have a big bouncy castle for the kids that were hired for outside. Uh, this huge thing. So the kids are going to love that. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, some more surprises and fun. Uh, new merch is dropping next Sunday. So just in time for fall, some new hoodies. So you're going to enjoy that. But we're going to just gonna come and believe for God's presence next Sunday as we celebrate the goodness of God. And I truly believe this at the best is yet to come. Can someone say amen? Next Sunday, we're going to celebrate. Galatians chapter 6. Start reading in verse 7. Start reading in verse 7. You'll see it on the screen behind me if you don't have a Bible. If you have a Bible, I encourage you to follow along. Starting in verse 7, it says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. There's so much truth in that line right there. I've realized in my life that I will always harvest what I plant. You know, the budget I have is based on what I've planted. My spending, my... my Amazon, come on, like Amazon, it will be the death of my budget. Amazon, they write to your house. Now I have a son, we have a son living on the West Coast for an internship in Vancouver, and I'm like Amazoning stuff to his, his place, his, his apartment. I'm like, Amazon, this, my budget is a harvest of the planting I've done through my spending. Can someone say amen to that? It says, so let's, so it says, you'll always harvest what you plant. We're always planting. We're always, every thought, every word, every action, every dollar. Come on, everything you put in your mouth, you will reap it somewhere. Maybe on the waistline. Come on, somebody. Am I the only one? Just, you'll always reap it. You're always sowing and you're always reaping. You're always planting and you're always harvesting. Verse 8. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. All right, all right. Tell us how, tell us how it really is. There's some truth right there. But those who live to please the Spirit will, will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. Not just life, everlasting life, abundant life. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. And at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Come on, look at somebody and say, don't give up. Some of you need to hear that today. Don't give up. Don't give up. Say, we'll reap at the right time a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. This morning, uh, on this beautiful September morning, I want to encourage you on this title. Um, I always forget my sermon title. i got to look around. Uh, harvest season. Harvest season. Take a notes, notes, write that down. Harvest 
season. Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for these amazing people online that are right now on YouTube and Facebook. Thank you that they're tuning in wherever they are. Thank you for those that are in church today. Thank you for our kids today, Lord, right now that are hearing about you and your goodness on both sides of this auditorium, preschool and school age. Father, thank you for those ministries. And God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your voice and thank you for your connection. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Where are the people that love fall season? Where are my people I see? see? Okay, all right. Okay, I didn't see. You love everything about, where are my summer people that you're grieving this week? You're grieving? The wind changes? Come on, these are my people right now. You're, just, you're grieving the loss of beach weather. You're just, like, this is the first Sunday I've worn real pants in a long time. Like, I, baptisms, we had Sunday off last week. We had baptism before that. So I had my baptism pants. It's a thing. It's just uncomfortable. My stretchy pants. I just, you know, and I'm like, where are my, I haven't worn jeans. I've worn shorts every day this summer. I mean, I'm like, where are my jeans at? I got to find real pants. You know, you know the problem. Fall people, you love fall. Pumpkin spice people, you know those pumpkin spice wipes now for your counter? How you, many, you know what I'm talking, pumpkin spice, how many got candles lit already? Where are my people? You know, pumpkin spice, everything, lattes, chapstick, you name it. Decorating, just that hoodie season, I just love that season. You turn the heat up eventually and you smell the first, if electric heat, the first time you smell that, when you turn the radiators on. Some of you are all about the fall season. I must admit, I do love the fall season. I just really love the summer season. If it could just go from fall back into summer, that would be amazing right there. If you're from Halifax, you just know we live in a beautiful part of the, uh, of the world, and the fall season is so nice in the valley. And some, you live in the valley, and just the harvest season, and, and picking apples, and just the corn mazes. It's just a wonderful, wonderful time. Love it. And seasons. I'm excited for this next season as a church. Sometimes as preachers, we say things that are positive, and we believe it, but sometimes we're, we're, we're working on getting there ourselves. But I can honestly say there is an anticipation for our church faith journey this next season I have not had in a lot of years. There's an anticipation. I am excited for this next season as a church and for our faith journey, and I really hope you are as well. I hope you can feel the anticipation in the air what God wants to do in our church. There's something brewing. This season, though, that we're going into is not without significant challenges. It kind of reminds me of our surfing community here in Nova Scotia. If you're, if you're not from Nova Scotia, maybe you moved here recently, or maybe you don't know, we have a significant surfing community. Some of you know that because you're a part of it. You are surfers. Now, people say there's surfing in Nova Scotia. It's freezing. No, we have to wear wetsuits and dry suits and bubble wrap and heaters and, you know, and all that. We, we, trust me, it's not warm. The water's beautiful. It's just freezing. But we have a, a, a pretty robust surfing community. And the reason for that in Lawrencetown and other parts of the province is we get some really good waves, some really good swells. And how we get those swells, if you don't know, is because of the weather and the hurricanes mostly off the coast of the states. And as the hurricane comes up the Caribbean and up the eastern seaboard, those waves are always ahead of that storm. In fact, I just heard the news yesterday that this is a good weekend for waves, a good weekend for swells, because of the hurricanes that are forming in hurricane season right now. And we're not getting the hurricanes, but we're getting the waves. And it kind of reminds me of the season we're in. It's, it's confusing because a hurricane, our skies are blue, but our waves are huge. So we get to enjoy the waves of a hurricane, but without the storm of a hurricane. It sort of feels like that right now in culture. Now, I know culture's not easy right now, but this is the bluest the skies have been in a long time. Just watching a documentary yesterday on a soccer team in England. It was a, just a great documentary. And there, it was during 2020. 
And they started going into when the whole pandemic uh, broke out. I wasn't going to say the word pandemic. But I just said it. I'm a little tired of that word. Uh, call it the panty. The panty. The, the pan- that sounds wrong. The pandemic. Let's just stick with the pandemic. Go back to your notes. We're going to go back to there. Okay. When it hit, they're all like, hey, there's something happening. And all of a sudden, distancing. And they're trying to explain water dro- uh, droplets and how it spread. And I felt myself getting a little verklempt, a little, a little... I'm watching. I'm having a hard, I said, Nancy, are you having a hard time watching this? And they're like, do we have to separate distance? And I was like, I'm, trauma started. I was like, what's going on? This is the bluest the skies have been in a long time. And today we're gathering in church and we're enjoying so much of life uh, these days and travel and, and just visiting and tourist things and just enjoying each other and company. And I don't want to go back to those days and I don't want to talk about those days, but this is the bluest the skies have been in a while. But there are so many waves hitting our shore. So many waves. And, you know, I felt that. And I heard people talking about it. I felt it even in my spirit this spring. And the, 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 the ripple effect and, and, and the tsunami of waves. But we're seeing it financially. It's incredibly difficult. Incredibly difficult. Our backpack event, we gave over 200 backpacks away. You gave out 200 backpacks away two weeks ago. But we, had, we turned, around, turned away probably 200 children because we didn't have any, enough backpacks. And seeing people at the bus stops that took the bus here to get backpacks, leaving empty-handed, I'm going to tell you, that was a hard thing to see. And I'm reminded we can't do everything, but we can do something. And we're trying to do something. But the waves of finances, the waves that are hitting our shore emotionally, counselors are filled up and therapists, and I, I believe in the health of talking to a therapist and a counselor. There's so much that we're processing, waves hitting spiritually. So many waves hitting the shore right now. And it's a little confusing because the skies have been the clearest they've been in a while, but the waves are threatening. There's this term I can't, I can't shake. I keep seeing in the New York Times and other places about quitting quietly. Have you heard that term yet? Where people are still going to work. They're still, it was the great resignation. In 2021, they were quitting their jobs with no plan, but now they're not quitting because they need the money, but they're quietly quitting, which means they're showing up, but they're not doing any work. They're just like, I was going to do the bare minimum. I mean, the bare minimum, only what I'm paid for. I'm going to show up to my cubicle or my classroom or my office or wherever or my pulpit. I'm going to show up wherever I can, but I've quit really in my want to and my passion, and they're quietly quitting because they, just, there's so much that they're carrying, and these waves are hitting, and people are not coping well, and they're overwhelmed, and so many people are shutting down right now. I want to let you know that if you're struggling today, and again, we're believing for God's presence in your life, but I want to let you know today, it's okay, please hear me, it's okay not to be okay. Sometimes you can get in this atmosphere and going, man, I just got to lift my hands. I got to just, like, it's a great season. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And we're just like, you feel like I got to put on a face. Listen, it's okay not to be okay. You need to have that permission today. But I do believe God wants us to be more than okay. I believe there is provision and there is, in God's presence, he wants to move us, not just to surviving, but to, th- to thriving. Our Bible says life abundantly. And it's okay to, not, to, to just be okay, and it's okay not to be okay. But there is faith, and there is provision for more. There is more. I believe God wants to help us today. I was teaching some young pastors in Ontario this summer, and when I was done my session, a uh, um, uh, psychotherapist, uh, pastor, who, who, tra- who had transitioned from ministry into full-time therapy, got up and did a workshop for these young pastors about stress. And I sat there, and I thought it was brilliant. I'm not going to do it justice today, but there are some things, a great picture of some things that I'm feeling today. And um, it feels like I'm doing a school presentation. This is fantastic. This is fantastic. 
I also told my wife I was going to do no pun September. Some of you are like, it's about time. It's a mix, a mixed crowd. Some people are like, we love your puns. And some of you are like, no, we do not. And then I walked across the stage. She goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just taking a picture. And uh, I thought, I can't do it. I can't. It's who I am. So love me or leave me. But I, I just can't. But, but this is what she talked about. I just thought it was so, so visually it represents what we're going through today. And she said, this is our lives. And sometimes it feels like we're overwhelmed. And this is, we'll call this stress. We'll call this um, stuff we're dealing with. And she's like, we all have stuff. You know, if, you, if you're a parent and you have kids, if you're a parent and you have teenagers, you're single and you're navigating school or your careers and your finances and budgets and inflation and you're navigating relationships and parents, aging parents, or maybe you're, you're, you're navigating moving out on your own and you're navigating cutting the strings in, of your parents. You're navigating uh, romantic relationships. You're navigating so many things. And it's interesting. You ever been around people that some people seem to handle all the stress well and others don't? Maybe, I don't know, it's at work or maybe in your own families or, or circles that you know that, you know, everybody's unique, but they kind of have the same schedule you have, the same responsibilities you have, the same duties, the same job, and they're handling it well, but you just seem like you can't keep your life together. It's like, why, why is it that situation, you can handle it, but I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I just can't handle it. And there's capacity issues. And, you know, when we get filled, and some of us, we get right to the brim and we're living here. But if we're honest, some of us, we get to this limit and all of a sudden something happens. The brake goes in the car. We get a text from someone that's a little bit of attention. And all of a sudden we're, we're living right at this brim in this season going, I can just get through. I'm just mad. I got enough money to get enough. I got enough time to do this. And then something sets us over. And if you can see this, it starts overflowing our lives. And we live in this overflow. Walking through, what does it look like to live in a life that is overwhelmed today? And I see so many people that are overwhelmed and people that are not coping well. They're quietly quitting. We see it in faith. We see it in families. We see it in businesses. People are just like, I'm overwhelmed. I can't cope right now. Coping has never been harder. I, I'm, I, I'm dealing with it in parts of my life, and most of you, if we're honest, are dealing with it. It's interesting. My, my point's not to reteach her session and to even come at you today with, uh, as a psychotherapist, but she said what happens is is the first thing we do is we have to try to lower that level. We can't always increase our capacity, but we try to lower the level of stress. And she said, now this is going to be a mess. I'm just going to prepare you right now. I know it's a mess as I move this cord away from here so your pastor doesn't get electrocuted because that would be a great sermon illustration. It would be my last one, but it would be a great one. It would be shocking. And uh, so sorry. I'm trying. Trying. I thought you'd get a charge out of that. All right, plug back in. Plug. Here we go. It says the first thing people do is they try to lower it and they pour it off somewhere that's unhealthy. They either try to escape it or avoid it. Or they try to numb themselves and it's escapism. I've done it, you've done it. And somewhere it's unhealthy. And the problem is with that, it's somewhere unhealthy. Maybe it's, I don't know what's maybe it's late at night, you think I just deserve, and you've been like trying really hard with your with, with what you're eating and your, and your diet, and you're just trying to eat healthy, and all of a sudden that bag of for me it's all dressed, I don't know what it is, but all dressed chips. It's just like all dressed chips down in the basement, no one around. I will these these little bags, they don't work. Nancy, I bought these little snack bags. I could go get like eight of them. It's like, you know what? I'm just gonna get a whole bunch. 
And I just, all of a sudden, it's done. I got grease on my fingers and my face. And what have I done? I'm hideous. Look away, you know? And I'm just like, ah. Uh-huh. Maybe, it's, maybe it's overeating for you. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's something more, more even, uh, you know, devious. Maybe it's gambling for you. Maybe it's addictions. Maybe it's, um, you know, promiscuity. Maybe it's, it's, it's pornography. Maybe it's something where you go, I just deserve a break. I just need to escape my life. Maybe it's just... Uh, scrolling on your phone and just mindless scrolling over and over and somewhere you escape and then what happens is is when you come out of that moment where you've escaped what happens is it promises you relief but it actually comes back mixed with guilt and overwhelms us even more because now what you got rid of, you avoided for a season, comes back, and now it's mixed with guilt going, I shouldn't have done that. I, I, I promised myself I wouldn't do that. I'm better than that. Why have I done that? I've ruined my, 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 my plan for this. And all of a sudden, we're overwhelmed again. What's amazing is she went through, my friend Cindy, she went through the four, four, she had about eight, but four that stood up to me, healthy things that, you know, my, my journey with anxiety has been pretty clear. I've been pretty honest about it. And everyone she's saying, I'm like, yes, I've noticed that helps. I've noticed that helps. I've noticed that helps. And she started going through a whole bunch of them. And she said, it's interesting. It's no secret. It's not going to surprise anyone. She said, the number one thing, the first thing that helps is if you want to get rid of the stress, you want to lower the level, is sleep. Sleep, first thing. Can I tell you, sometimes you just need a nap. Can someone say amen? Somebody just need a nap. Just need to sleep. Second thing she said, and again, this is no surprise to anybody, Want to lower the level? So the next thing is eating healthy. Just lowers it. You know, I've heard this since I was a kid when we used to do the food guide in elementary school. You are what you eat. We had this little person made of celery and grapes. Remember that person on the big chart? Some of you were old like me. They had like an apple for a head and grapes for hair. And you're like, oh, you know, the Canada food guide. And, but you are what you eat. I want to remind you today that's very true. We are what we eat. And we know that. But when you eat right, all of a sudden your energy and your chemicals change and all this stuff and Third thing she said, and again, I've, I've, I've learned this to be true. I've seen it in my own life, and we know this, but it's harder to do than say, is exercise. She went through scientifically, and she talked about exercise, how it releases the happy chemicals when you exercise. And endorphins, which is a natural pain reliever, that when you exercise, it releases that thing that, that gets rid of pain, and maybe you're, you're dealing with chronic pain or dealing with whatever it is. It, just, it releases the chemical endorphins as a natural pain reliever. It releases serotonin, which is the mood stabilizer. All of a sudden, you don't feel so moody, up and down. And when you exercise, going for a walk, lifting weights, doing whatever you do, and all of a sudden, it releases that dopamine, which is the reward chemical. You feel good about yourself. You feel like you deserve it. You feel like you've done something worthwhile. And it rela- releases uh, oxytocin, which is the love chemical. And all of a sudden, there's just this mood-stabilizing thing. And then she says the last one, which I thought was just so incredible. She said it's relationships. She said, which is ironic, because if you're overwhelmed and stressed and you're dealing with depression or anxiety or something, the last thing you want to do is see people. With me, I want, to, I want to suffer by myself. I don't want to see people. I don't want to talk about it. I want to be by myself. And what's ironic is the very thing you need is the thing that you avoid, which is uh, social connection. And she went through this, and I'm screaming out. And then as I, I've seen that to be true. I've seen a few good friends get me through that moment. I've seen exercise change so much in my body and my life and my mind and my, my, my capacity. And then as I started thinking about it over the coming days, I started realizing that what's true for our bodies is actually true for our spirits. 
I started seeing, as I thought about this, I'm picturing the jars and the, and the capacity, and I started thinking about it and chewing on it and hearing about quietly quitting and coping and overwhelmed, and I started thinking about our spirits and thought, we are made body, soul, and spirit, and it's interesting what helps our body, actually some of that truth can be brought over into our spirits. Let me read this again from Galatians. We read today, but let me read it from the New King James Version. It says, let us not grow weary, chapter 6, verse 9, while doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we don't lose hearts. I love that, don't lose heart. What's at stake here is the heart of our faith, the heart of your journey, the heart that you have towards God. The key to harvesting is not losing heart. The key to not losing hearts is to keep sowing Good things, sowing what is right. So all of us want a harvest season. A harvest season is where you're reaping in life. We're in a reaping season as a church because I believe we together have sown right during these last three years. Today is a product of what we've done in the last three years. We will reap a certain way. But if you want to harvest, the key to harvesting is not losing heart. It says don't lose heart. You'll reap a harvest, you don't lose heart. Well, how do you don't lose heart? You keep sowing the right things. A harvest season is only possible because of a planting season. It's not complicated, but it's the absolute truth. In the valley, in our part of the country, they're going into a harvest season because it's only possible because in the spring, they had a planting season. In this season of waves hitting so many of us, let me encourage you today to not grow weary of planting good things. We all want a harvest season in our relationships, in our spirit. We want it in our lives. We want to know that we feel like we're reaping in our lives. We want to feel like things are growing and things are nourishing and things are healthy. You can't forget to plant good things. Today, I want to unpack this is for a minute of some, a couple of things. I think three things are going to help us today as we go into this fall, which I believe is a harvest season for our church. We are going into this season. I honestly believe we're going to see a harvest in ways we've never seen. Starting even today, we're in a different season of a church. I feel it in my spirit. I feel it in prayer. And I believe some of you feel it as well. Four things. Three things, real quick. Number one, we need to eat right. We need to eat right as a church. Matthew three verses three, Matthew 4, verses 3 and 4. Jesus was led to the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted and became very hungry. Very hungry. During the time the devil came to him and said, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. And Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds or comes out of the mouth of God. You need to know this today. You can't fill a spiritual hunger with an earthly buffet. You are hungry for something spiritually that you can't fill with an earthly buffet. Another relationship, another trip, another purchase, another streaming on Netflix. I'm telling you, there's a spiritual hunger. Jesus knew it. He taught it. And we believe it, that nothing satisfies like hearing from God himself. You can't fill spiritual need with an earthly buffet. We need to eat right as churches. Nothing satisfies like a relationship, a conversation with God. Nothing satisfies. That's why you're here today. That's why you're tuning in online today. I want to remind you, Sundays are important. They're important. There's been a whole thing of, are Sundays important? They're important. Am I saying that because I'm the pastor? No, they were important to me when we weren't pastors. There's something about Sundays, coming and hearing God's word, God speaking to you through, through the pulpit and through friends over coffee, before the service, after. There is something about Sundays in church. Secondly, I want to let you know about the prayer room. We're launching a prayer room. I think you'll see this slide behind me in Halifax. We felt in this season, 
We did a beta run last year. We're launching a prayer room and some other churches in the city are coming alongside together. It's not just a Nova thing. It's a uh, Halifax thing. It's a church thing. And we're launching a prayer room. We've refitted our office. We're we're renovating our office with how to make it happen. But we're going to have a prayer room that it's going to grow as a place for people to seek God, a place to go. Until we get our own building, we're going to use this space. We're going to start with men's prayer. It's going to be on Friday mornings um, starting at the end of the month. At 6.30 in the morning, men, we're going to come together and pray. There might be two of us. It might just be me. There might be a whole bunch of us. We're going to pray together. Why? Because nothing satisfies like hearing from God and God hearing from us. And it's going to grow. You're like, well, what about women? Well, you should lead a women's prayer time. And if you want to lead a women's prayer time, we'll give you the tools and help you do that. And together we'll come together. What about praying for miracles? We need to pray for miracles. We need a prayer time for that. Praying for our teenagers and our kids. We're praying for our government. We're praying for our leaders. We're all praying against anxiety and depression for people to be healed. Yeah, we need all of it. And I believe we can have prayer times that people we raise up in other churches and our church, and we're going to create space. We're going to advertise it, and you can go and show up whenever you want, but we're making room to hear from God. Why? Because you are what you eat. We want to feed our spirits the very voice of God because nothing satisfies like hearing from God. This fall, we believe it's time to go to another level and that's going to be starting soon. You're going to hear more about it. There's a website built and you, Instagram. You're going to hear more about it. But can I encourage you, you can't fill a spiritual need with an earthly buffet. Take some time to hear from God because I know he wants to hear from you. Exercise. Exercise. Spiritual exercise. Being active in your faith does the same thing as it does physically. I'm not going to go through it all today. But it says in James 2, it says this, that faith by itself isn't enough. Verse 17, unless it produces good deeds. Unless it produces good deeds, it's dead and selfish. That your faith produces works. There's something about doing something in your faith. Exercise your faith. So many people are spectators, and they wonder why. They wonder why they're not reaping health in their life. There's something about moving it. There's that saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. Your faith wants to be stretched. Next Sunday, we celebrate five years. It's been the most stretching time in my life. I've never felt stronger in my life spiritually, but it cost me everything to get here. There's something about stretching yourself. Church, we need to stretch. We have an amazing team here. Here's a couple ways you can stretch. Number one, love Atlantic. Love Atlantic is a thing. There's about 100 churches that are gathering together across Atlantic provinces. And for one week in October, we are loving on radical love, radically loving and serving our communities. Hundreds of churches, Catholic churches and Baptist churches and Pentecostal churches, Wesleyan churches and non-denominational churches. And we're just going to love from New Brunswick and PEI and Nova Scotia. We're going to love our communities and show, show the love. We have love. We're going to show it. How are we going to do that as a church? We're a part of this. We're on the ground floor of this. One, one thing we're going to do is next Sunday, on our birthday Sunday, we're going to take a special offering for the Helm Addiction Center and Recovery Center in Halifax. If you were here for Baptism Sunday... If you were here for Baptism Sunday, you would have seen Tyler get baptized and so many people are involved in his journey and the emotion on that young man, what God is doing in his life, it's remarkable to see his eyes shine with the presence of God. The helm is helping men. They have two graduating, I believe it's this week coming on Friday, two are graduating after a year program. It's a good space. It's a good place. So you know what? We're going to show our work. We're going to stretch ourselves and next Sunday we're going to take an offering. I asked Kevin and Don, the directors, what do you need? They're like, well, we built a new classroom and it needs heat pumps. We need a lot of heat pumps to make it it's hot in the, in the winter and cold in the summer. Come on, it gets hot. 
And we're like, we need to help these men. They're going through a whole bunch of stuff. Let's make it as comfortable as possible for them to hear God's plan and what they need and what they So I said, we're going to try to help. I said, how much? He said, it's probably around $15,000. I don't know if we can do that. I don't know if we can do that. We're going to try. Next Sunday, we'll give you information this week through social media and emails, how to do that, how to designate your offering. We're still going to give. We still do our thing, but we're going to, above and beyond, we're going to stretch ourselves and see if we can't set up for the next year for these men to be in a place where they can learn and marriages are going to be restored and lives are restored, addictions fall off, people get their eyes clear, get their purpose set. We're going to help them next Sunday take an offering and do that. And then we're going to tell you what the offering is. And I don't know if 2000 is coming in or I, I feel like we can make a dent in that 15000 I really feel like we can and secondly, we're going to do something practically. On Saturday, the 2nd of October, from 9 to 12 p.m., we're going to go to the helm, and we're going to serve that morning. We're going to bring our work gloves and, and, and bring some clothes that you can get dirty, and we're going to just spruce up the property and just love on it, paint some things and dig some things and move some things and just set it up for a fall season for them, give them an underduct physically so they can go into the fall helping more people than ever before. So we're going to give next Sunday, and on the 2nd, we're going to serve them. That's one way you can do it. Exercise ministries in our church. Tonight, there's a worship team night, open house for worship. If you're on the worship team, you need to be there. If you want to be on the worship team, maybe this is your time going, I play an instrument. I haven't really told anybody or I haven't leaned in. I've, I've been a hard time coping. I don't know if I can commit to it. Can I encourage you? Stretch. Stretch. It releases something, the, the happy chemicals. There's something about serving. That, uh, we, we, don't, we don't tell people, we don't apologize for the amount of serving we do as a church. Why? Because it is a blessing. I am better because of serving in this church. We lead the way in our serving. We have so many faithful people here. Can I encourage you? Some of you need to stretch. And maybe it's tonight. Show up to the worship uh, open house. And then the kids ministry. I'm not sure we have a slide for that. On October 4th, I think it is. October 4th, our kids ministry has an open house. More information coming. Some of you need to help and jump in with our kids ministry. These kids are learning with the presence of God. You want to reap something? Sow into that generation. And for decades, they'll thank you. Because of that man, that woman, I am who I am today. I still have my favorite Sunday school teacher. He's actually a board member at our church. When I was in Sunday school, Lyman was my, was my favorite Sunday school teacher. Isn't it interesting how the reaping comes because of the sowing? Some of you, I believe you can help us and you can jump in there and watch what God will do in your life as you make it happen for their lives. The open house is coming. We need you to stretch. And lastly, serve. An email is going out in a few minutes that you'll get in your inbox about ministries that you can sign up for in this church that already exists that you can help serve. We need more ushers. We need more people on cafe. We need people in production. We need people teaching next steps. Why? It's not because we're trying to make a machine go. There's something about pulling together and by our faith does great works. An overflow. Faith without works is dead, the Bible says. We show. It doesn't make us alive. It shows we're alive by the action we have. I believe some of you need to re-engage. Some of you need to start engaging. Not because we need your help so much, but because you need to stretch your spirits. Because the waves are coming at you. You need to get some things going in your life. It's your time to serve. Last one, relationships. It's interesting when she said this and she talked about pouring out. I go back to a time where I just, where, where anxiety just literally floored me. I was driving home from picking up the kids from school and I thought I was dying, having a heart attack. And Nancy helped me and quickly after that, the plan came, you need to get away for a few days with friends. And I thought, I don't want to see people. I wanted to lay in my bed and cry. I didn't know what was going on. I felt overwhelmed. She said, you need, we need to get away with some people. We got away with some close friends. We wandered streets with friends and just had coffee and conversation. And something started happening in my life. There's something about relationships. 
I believe it's the same thing for your faith. That something happens physically. Scientists, the, the, Cindy was saying, this, this, the psychotherapist was something actually happens when you're in the same room and you can smell people. Something like, I can smell some people in this room. You can hear people. You can touch people. You can be around people. Something actually happens that opens up parts of your life that shuts stress down. Isolation is actually used as a form of torture in so many countries because it deprives the body of needed connection. When babies are born premature, they make sure that they are actually connecting with the mother and father. They need physical touch. They need to hear their voice. Why? We were made to connect. And in this season, more people are resisting connecting because they're overwhelmed. And I get it. But could it be the very thing we're avoiding is the very thing God designed us to need? He said, it's not good for man to be alone. He made a helper. We are made for connection. We actually need connection. You're thinking, I don't, I don't want connection. I've been hurt. I know. I know. When overwhelmed, we usually run to isolation when we actually need relationship. Hebrews 10.25, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now the day of his return is drawing near. Don't give up drawing together. There's something about being in the room. There's something about being in relationship. And I know this, loving is hard work. Very few people know how to love well. Loving through disagreement. We have confused loving with liking in our culture. I love you. Love you so much. I love you. Love that church. I love that sports group. I love that community. I love my family. I love my workplace. What we actually mean is we like them. And when there's disagreement, then there's a divorce and a running away into isolation. Very few people know how to love well. Loving is extremely difficult. Well, God disagreed with us. He loved us and sent his son to die for us. Loving isn't running away. Loving is leaning in. So many people right now are having a hard time loving well. Parenting, if you're a parent in this room, you know you have to move from liking to loving, that you need to learn how to navigate disagreeing. You won't always agree with your kids and your teenagers and your young adults, but you still love. And if you love well, you you navigate through it and you journey through it. Marriage is that way. If you're married in this room, if you want to be married in this room, you need to know that loving is navigating disappointment and disagreement. Some of you don't fight, you disagree. Me and Nancy actually fight. I don't know if that surprises you. Sometimes we disagree. But our love, I never forget our first fight. Remember our first fight when we were married? We sat down, we hold hands, and I said, you just need to know. She came out of a home where there was a lot of divorce and separation. I grew up in a home that didn't have that. We were navigating cultural differences, and I said, you need to know, one word that's never on the table is divorce. And we will always finish together. We might separate for a few hours because we need to cool off, but need to know it's never, we're not joking about it. We don't tease about it. We never threaten it. It's off the table. Why? Because we're going to love well, even through disagreement. And for 22 years, we have. Some of you need to understand loving well. Church, church is so hard to love church. There's so much disappointment in church. You from leaders and each other and us from you. Disappointments everywhere. But love is not liking. Love is a commitment going, I'm walking through this journey. I'm going to learn what I need to learn. I've learned so much about myself and what to do better in this last year and a half. And some of you are in the same place, but we're committed to loving well relationships. Some of you are feeling overwhelmed. You feel like you can't cope. You're quietly quitting your faith. Can I encourage you? Lean in on relationships. Small groups open today. Are they a silver bullet? No, I'm telling you, though, there's something about being in the room. We're having one. 
Um, me and my wife, we're doing, um, what did we say we're doing? Something in cake. Holy Spirit and cake, thank you for that. That's a combo. Because I want to have dessert, so we didn't know what to call it. So we're going to go through a book on the Holy Spirit for, for married couples, and we're going to have cake and cheesecake, because that just sounds like God, amen. Um, and we're just going to have the smell of coffee and talk. And there's different ones. There's going to be ones for new, new believers. There's, there's ones for young adults. There's, there's so many different types of small groups. But the registration is live in the lobby when you leave here. It's live online. You can fill it out and join a small group. Can I encourage you, lean in on Sundays, but lean in the small groups. The very thing you're avoiding is the very thing you need. As I heard that, I thought, I don't want to be around people. But I discovered that when I did, something started to happen. I started to feel myself heal. In this time, there's an attack on relationships. People just say, I do it my own way. I do it myself. I don't need anybody. And we're drowning in our overwhelmed waves that are hitting the shore. God wants to help us. And part of that is relationships. As we close today, let me re- recap and reread Galatians 6, 9. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, at the right time, we're going to reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Church, don't give up. Don't give up on your faith. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on the the very presence of God because we are reaping. There's a season coming. They're coming, church. They're coming through these doors. People are walking through these doors. Life change. They're going to be walking to the helm. Life change. They're walking to your workplace. Life change. Working into your families and your influence. They're coming and we will reap if we don't give up doing the good things now. Stretch. Go after God's presence. What we put in, we will put out and connect. And if we connect and we don't get tired of doing the good things, oh, the blessing of a harvest is coming to us. God wants to bless your life, amen? All over this place, come on, can we stand to our feet as we close today? Pastor Matt, will you lead us in one song? Holy anointing, the power of your presence, for your spirit out, for your spirit out. Come on, let's sing that again. Because we need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven, for your spirit out, for your spirit out.
spirit out. It's interesting, it says pour it out. We're believing that as we seek his presence, the things we poured out of our lives, I believe a pouring of his presence, nothing, nothing satisfies like the presence of God. Church of Harvest is coming for our lives. That's not preacher talk. That's not positive thinking talk. It's Bible that when a man sows, what a woman sows, they reap. A harvest is coming. The question is, what will we reap? I believe if we do the right things, we'll reap a harvest of blessing, of God's presence, his voice, his direction, but also his connection. Amen. God bless you so much. Tonight, some of you, it's going to the worship open house. Information at Guest Central. You'll see it online. All the information there. Talk to Pastor Matt. He'll be in the lobby. Some of you, it's going to Next Steps right now because you want to serve in our church. Whatever it is for you, I believe there's a a harvest coming. Amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week. We love you. And we'll see you for our birthday Sunday next Sunday.